Welcome to the show on the first Monday of the new year. Our top story. For Premier Su Sin-Tang, the first workday of 2021 was spent at Taipei Port, where he inspected processing protocols for U.S. pork containing ractopamine residue. Taiwan had lifted its ban on the controversial import on January 1st. On Monday, the Premier pledged information transparency for all pork imports that pass through customs. There isn't just one inspection, but three. One is by the Ministry of Finance's Customs Administration. Another is an inspection by the Bureau of Animal and Plant Health Inspection and Quarantine. And the third is the Food and Drug Administration, which checks quality and content. We will post all information regarding pork on our government websites. The Premier said that a so-called pork dashboard will be updated with the latest data every morning. Available online, it will show how much pork Taiwan produces and imports each day. It will also show the source of pork import, how much of it contains ractopamine and how much was found. All shipments containing excessive levels will be destroyed. The Premier said shipments containing permissible levels will be tracked as they move through downstream vendors. The central government launched a probe Monday into potentially hazardous substances in the fabric of face masks. A random safety inspection will be conducted on 70 mask brands. Manufacturers found making masks with illegal dyes could be fined up to 1.5 million NT dollars pursuant to the Consumer Protection Act. The investigation comes as masks featuring a variety of colors and prints flood into the Taiwan market. A rainbow of face masks spread across a table. Masks are also available in a variety of bold prints. But one expert says bright colors could have a dark side. When our Consumer Protection Agency inspected masks on the market, it found that certain models, the ones with very bright colors, also contained azo dyes. In animal trials, these dyes were found to increase the risk of developing bladder tumors. Azo dyes are commonly used on fabrics. They're cheap, but when exposed to acid or high temperatures, their bonds break, releasing aniline and known carcinogen. Wearing azo-dyed masks could be a health risk, doctors say, as it puts users in prolonged contact with a carcinogen through the mouth and nose. Pharmacists say competent authorities should tighten controls on mask labeling. How do we make it easier for the public to understand, or for the FDA to manage? Maybe in the future, boxes could have labels indicating the dyes that were used. In a previous inspection on dust masks, the executive yuan's Department of Consumer Protection found two brands that contain carcinogenic azo dyes. The Bureau of Standards, Metrology and Inspection launched its own probe into face masks on Monday. We will take masks from brick and mortars, from big retailers and from online shopping platforms. We'll be testing regular face masks from 70 different brands. The results should be out in two weeks. Currently, only 22 azo dyes are authorized for use in face masks. The Economics and Health Ministry say that manufacturers found using illegal dyes will be asked to switch to safe dyes within a certain time frame. If improvements aren't made, they'll face fines of up to 1.5 million NT. In the meantime, a note to shoppers from officials. Look out for complete labeling on masks and for masks made in Taiwan, which are more likely to have passed quality control. Officials are on the defensive over their use of smartphone GPS tracking to monitor people in quarantine as public scrutiny heightens. Last week, officials reported several quarantine violations on New Year's Eve. On Monday, the government stressed that the electronic fencing system is not used to look into personal data. Let's hear from officials now.
It's never been used to access people's private information or to investigate the communication records of individuals. Drastic measures had to be taken on a few high-risk cases to contain the pandemic. This is what the government has had to do to protect the health of Taiwan's 23 million people, implementing these comprehensive public health SOPs. All the data and personal information collected for quarantine purposes are destroyed after 28 days. One Song Orchestra opened 2021 last Friday with its third annual New Year's Day concert. The performance was one of the world's few survivors of sweeping New Year's event cancellations due to COVID-19. With safety measures in place, more than 2,000 people filled the National Concert Hall to celebrate new beginnings with the sounds of Taiwan. by one song orchestra, the lustrous tones of the soprano ring across Taiwan's most illustrious concert hall. Even masks can't stop the audience from singing along to the familiar folk melodies. The mighty chorus is even more striking. Since the outbreak of COVID, performances like this have been few and far between. Even the 82-year-old Vienna New Year's concert was forced to go virtual for the first time. The conductor turns around to bow at intermission, only to be reminded there is no one in the crowd. Meanwhile, at One Song Orchestra's New Year's concert, more than 2,000 people filled the three floors of the hall, each wearing a mask as a precaution. This was the only large-scale indoor concert anywhere in the world on New Year's Day. Look at Vienna's New Year's concert where there really was no audience, but ours was a full house and we were all wearing masks. I wonder if it might be possible to apply for a Guinness World Record. Many performances have had to be cancelled. Taiwan is an example of successful COVID prevention. FTV President Wang Mingyu said the concert was also a showcase of Taiwan's safety record amid COVID. Friday's crowd included members of the Central Epidemic Command Center, Chen Shizhong and Zhuang Renxiang, whose presence had a reassuring effect. Concert co-producer Stan Shi said he was proud of the tradition the concert had become. This is a high-quality concert for everyday people. We decided three years ago that in 20 years, we wanted this event to be like Vienna's New Year's concert, which is 100 years of history. Our hope is to create a New Year's concert with the sounds of Taiwan. One Song Orchestra was formed in February 2017 to perform the music of Taiwan. In just three short years, it's become a touring sensation, with more than 50 concerts and charitable events on the schedule each year. Its full slate puts it on par with any international symphonic orchestra. Our hope is to present Taiwan's diverse music culture in a single concert. But to truly present a complete picture of Taiwan's musical landscape is actually quite difficult. So it's a good thing that we've been doing this each year, year after year, bringing in different types of music each time and accumulating diversity and richness. In these pandemic times, the concert offered New Year's cheer to the world as it put the spotlight on the story of Taiwan. Animal rights groups are calling for animal welfare to be protected by Taiwan's constitution. 
They appeal to lawmakers for a clause that legally defines animals as sentient beings. Stephanie Yang has the story. Taiwan has a handful of laws that pertain to protecting animals, but activists say their effectiveness is limited. Generally speaking, the most common problem encountered when you're trying to protect animals is that our civic code treats animals as an object. When the law is handling cases involving animals, animals are treated as things, as a property of humans. So the law causes harm to animals. Right now, we need to reframe the entire animal-human relationship. Animal rights groups are pushing for animal protection to be guaranteed by the highest law of the land, the Constitution. They advocate for a new clause that defines animals as sentient beings. They hope the clause will state that the dignity of animals should be respected and that laws should be created to prevent their unnecessary suffering. Animals, you know, have been uh, shown to show um, empathy uh, within mammals, and also uh, many countries are know them as sentient beings, meaning they are not just um, a product, um, uh, which is what Taiwan um, determines them right now in the law. So we hope that. Um, this time that animal protection can be included in the constitution and I think it will help um, very much within the animal protection movement. Their call has gotten a response from members across four political parties. At the news conference, several lawmakers expressed support for adding animal protection to the constitution. Today, the theme of our message is introducing animal protection into the Constitution. We're now heading into a very important moment for constitutional reform. If we can take advantage of that moment to introduce the very important concept of animal protection into the Constitution, Taiwan society would be taking a very important step forward. The next thing for us to do is to discuss the wording of the amendment and how it should be drafted. We will also start communication with party caucuses. Taiwan People's Party legislator Tsai Biru said that protecting the welfare of animals does the double duty of protecting public health. The health and welfare of animals are closely linked to those of humans. Three-tenths of all epidemics can be traced to a virus that jumped from animals to humans or vice versa. So animal rights protection is actually the front line of epidemic prevention. Lawmakers and activists say they'll strive to make animal rights a priority in upcoming rounds of constitutional reform. They hope that by raising animals to the constitutional level, Taiwan will make better progress toward protecting their welfare. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Wang Yushen in Taipei. The auto repair business was once looked down on in Taiwan, but as the economy changes, solid blue-collar professions are once more seen as a good investment for young people. A government competition for high school students with vocational skills has recently recognized some of the most promising young mechanics who got into the trade at their school in Shinzu. Changing a gearbox or even an engine are all in a day's work for this apprentice mechanic. You can see how hard he's trained. Chen Guanyu is in the third year of the car repair class at Guangfu High School in Xinzhu. Now he's won an award for it at the National High School Skills Competition. And before even graduating high school, he's got the promise of a job from Mercedes in Xinzhu. At first, I just wanted to learn a skill. 
after I graduated junior high, I chose here. I didn't expect it, but I got interested in it as I was learning. Another prize winner is Liao Weijie, living in Miaoli's Toufen. He gets up at five to go to school, finishing the day at eight thirty and getting home at ten. His repair skills have also caught the eyes of repair shops. He wants to become a luxury sports car mechanic. The hard work is worth it for my dreams. I want to go to college first, and then after I graduate, to do an internship with a European auto manufacturer for a while, and then see if I can go and continue my training abroad, and then come back and be a mechanic. Repairing luxury sports cars is my dream. Auto manufacturers see mechanics as some of their biggest assets. Salaries start above thirty thousand NT a month with bonuses. Mechanics can start working straight after school and attend college classes in the evenings. We've had a number of students at our factory, three at the moment, and they all gradually go on to college. We also offer a course called Testing Used Cars. We give students a variety of options. Seeing as they are taking a practical route, we need to have a good relationship with the business world. European, Japanese, and Taiwanese manufacturers are all keen on students like this, who already have skills they can put to practical use. Car repair now seems like a solid choice for a reliable career. When was the last time you had a big cup of milk tea in your hands? Taiwan's love for handshake and drinks is no joke. Although the pandemic has hit street-side sales of drinks, delivery orders have grown by almost a third. Let's take a look at how the handshake and drinks industry is faring in these strange times. It's a cold day, but the queue for a drink is as long as ever. In Taiwan, it's never too cold for a cool drink. Freshly brewed tea is filled with ice and something to chew on. Enjoying a drink is relaxing, said these people we interviewed. Finance Ministry statistics reveal there are currently just shy of 200,000 handshake and drink shops in Taiwan. In 2018, the industry was worth 52 billion NT dollars, and in 2019, 55 billion NT dollars. If the average drink costs 50 NT dollars, that means the country consumes one billion of these drinks a year. A corporate survey suggested that almost 60 percent of handshake and drinks consumers get two or more cups a week, and 15 percent drink one almost every day. It claimed. I drink one a day generally. It's a habit. If I don't have one, it feels weird. Three a week. When we're coming home from school, we buy one when we pass a shop. Now the pandemic has shaken things up further. Sales on the street have fallen in 2020, but orders by phone or on delivery apps have grown by 30 percent. Retailers are adapting to the digital economy, launching members apps to encourage loyalty. We want to have a digital transition. We hope to help our franchise members create online platforms and delivery platforms, and establish brick-and-mortar stores. We also want to use targeted marketing for our members to help them increase business. Drinks vendors hopes that by adapting to the challenge, they'll emerge as strong as ever in the post-pandemic landscape. Much of Taiwan enjoyed warm weather over the weekend, but forecasters say another cold snap is on its way. Starting Thursday, the north should look out for lows of eight degrees. There's also a chance of snow in mountainous areas as low as 1,000 meters above sea level, which include Yangmingshan National Park. 
In this drizzly and chilly weather, a piping hot steamed bun is a warm delight. Since New Year's Day, the weather has warmed up considerably, but this Thursday could mark the beginning of another cold spell. We'll have to look at the weather system this Thursday. On Thursday, the cold wave will start moving south. Its effects will be felt the most on Friday and Saturday. The coldest point will be on Friday and the early hours of Saturday. With the cold snap's arrival, temps will drop Friday and Saturday with lows of 8 degrees in the north and 10 in central and southern Taiwan. In terms of intensity, this cold wave will be milder than the one on New Year's, but will bring more water vapor over. It will feel quite unpleasant, so pay attention to that. Weather effects will be more pronounced in the north and east. Central and southern Taiwan will be on the cloudy side. This cold front will sweep in ample moisture. On Facebook, CWB Chief Zheng Mingdian said Arctic fronts will continue moving south, bringing a chance of snowfall at high altitudes. From Wednesday evening to the end of Saturday, mountainous areas in the north and northeast at between 1,000 to 2,000 meters above sea level could see snow. In central and southern Taiwan, if the moisture and temperature are right, altitudes over 3,000 meters could get snow during this period. That means Taipei's Datun Volcano Group, which stretch beyond 1,000 meters, could get snow-capped. The CWB says those hoping to see the spectacle in person should prepare all their winter gear before setting off.